Howdy. This is a uh, fuck. Welcome to the fail. Uh, no, no, I got this. I got this. All right. Welcome to the art of the fail. This is a podcast hosted by Christian Borgazan, co-founder of Bruja, and myself, Chris Buttonham, co-founder of Obi.ai. We chat with startups and entrepreneurs about their failures in hopes to uncover incredible lessons and unmask the stigma around failing today. <laughs> Nobody likes this shit. Let's just get started with the show. All right, Art of the Fail fans, we are back. Coming soon with season two for you. But first, this is a preseason episode that we filmed live on location. And you might be wondering why I'm prefacing this. Well, in true Art of the Fail fashion, we did fuck up a bit. So please bear with us with the audio quality. Um, There's no video for this episode. But there will be video for the rest of season two. So get excited for that. That's a new addition that we're bringing in. And this is a really awesome conversation. We met with Sheetal Jaitley, uh, one of the co-founders and and, uh, and CEO of Tribal Scale. Uh, and it was just really raw and uh, and such a real real conversation we had with, with Sheetal. Uh, I hope you will enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, get excited. Season 2 is coming very soon. We have a date. We have a date. July 19th. So mark your calendars for that. Uh, but for now, uh, enjoy this episode. Welcome, Jack. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks guys. for coming, Sheila. Yeah. And, of course, you know, I'm going to fuck up if I don't look at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done this in about four months. I'm just going to be <laughs> candid with everyone here. So I got to kind of get my rhythm back into it. But I think this is going to make a real raw and unfiltered episode. I love it, so, dude. Let's be raw and un- unfiltered. Absolutely. Have some fun. So you, like, you have one hell of a background. You're a business development guy. Uh, you've done a ton of different roles over your career. Kind of tell us how those those roles led you to founding tribal scale and some of the stories along the way i know we'll probably get into that sure uh specifically i know that you have one hell of a story with xerox i remember <laughs> I was, that that kind of like i was i was actually with rico yeah yeah <laughs> at the time. but the story was it was there was xerox the, on the roof, the xerox was, on the roof. Yeah, yeah. it is a great <laughs> story but your rapid fire questions See, I fucked up already. <laughs> that's all right. That's I'm all right. A, I'm out of practice. And I have them in like two different places. I got my notebook. Excellent. Yeah. And I got my phone. So, all right. Rapid fire question. This is a new segment that we're incorporating. Okay. Um, just again, it's to be fun, real, raw. Get to know our Just get to know you on a bit of like a sure. personal level for the audience. So, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, a glass of chocolate milk. Glass nice. of chocolate milk. Nice. How many cups of coffee or tea? Do you drink in a day? Zero. Zero. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't drink. I'm not much of a coffee guy, but just recently, like within the past month, I have been drinking iced coffees here and there. Um, but yeah, they, they, they give me a little bit of a kick <laughs> when I drink them. <laughs> well, I guess it's the weather too, right? So yeah. uh, your alarm clock goes off. Do you hit the snooze and catch a few more Z's or are you up right away? Um, I usually hit the snooze for about 10 more minutes and then my mind starts racing and I start stressing. And yeah. I'm like, I can't sleep. I got to get up. That's yeah. good. I'm a, I'm, I'm a snoozer for about 30 minutes at least. It's actually, it's terrible. I wish I could. I'm the same way. My anxiety will get me up. It's like, I see those, I like roll over after yeah. the time goes off, see like 15 emails and I'm like, oh, got to get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's even worse. I mean, it's the opposite effect for me if I'm hungover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I'm hungover, I'm like waking up every two hours. Oh my God, I'm going to screw up. Oh me my God, too. I'm going to screw actually, up. <laughs> too. 
I, I can't sleep if I'm hungover yeah. at all. I feel like it's that's terrible. rooted in some something that we did when we were younger. We we slept in through a job interview. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. For we sure. There's a, probably, more, <laughs> probably multiple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More, more than one of those for sure. Uh, iPhone or Android? Uh, actually, both. Uh, both? Uh, yeah, my international phones, uh, uh, Samsung S9, and uh, my North American phones and iPhone. I'm using both all the time. Awesome. Google Home or Alexa? You know what? Both. <laughs> I, got, I actually got both at home. Um, just I was an early adopter of Alexa, so most of my house was wired with Alexa. But yeah, uh, yeah I do got one Google Home that's kicking around nice. that, we, that I do use also. Awesome. Last question. If you had to hire one person and pick between either grit, work ethic, or IQ and intellect, which one would you go for? Grit and work ethic. If you have grit and work ethic, you'll figure out your IQ. Beauty. And that's it. I those love it. The, those are the questions. Okay. Yeah, so I'd love to hear, like, from the, the dirty beginning, you know, mm-hmm. when the yeah. you were at, was it Keating Technologies? Like, sort of right out of university? Yeah, right out of high school. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, right out of high school, wow. I started working for Keating Technologies. I graduated um, a semester early. We had OECs back then. Um, and, yeah, it was a company in Markham that represented U.S. companies, U.S. computer companies here in Canada. Uh, and I worked in shipping and receiving. I used to pack warranty nice. boxes, like of being like, "Oh, here's a warranty Palm Pilot," and, mm-hmm. you know. But I got to, I got. I mean, one thing I was always, I was always a big fan of tech, and you know, getting yeah. to work in the tech space, even though I was, what I thought at the time was a very meaningless job, uh, just like. Hey, I'm just like a shipper receiver. Um, actually, opened up a door for me to start learning so much more than just packing a warrantied replacement, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got to mess around with tech from US Robotics. I got to mess around with uh-huh. tech from Zircon, Gateway Computers. Uh, you know, I got, started going really deep into product and started figuring out how to use them. And yeah, it was it was an awesome experience. Very cool. And yeah. so that was right at, around the time where the, the dot-com bubble sort of... Yeah, so I started there earlier. And so I saw the heyday. I saw us grow from like being a small company of like 30 to like 200 in like a year and just saw, saw this awesome growth. And then, um, and then I also saw it implode. I also saw, you know, when the tech bubble hearse with the ramifications were, which was a lot of your friends, family, people you work with day in and day out, not know what they're doing tomorrow because they're all getting laid off. Right. Um, and so it was a, it was a tough time, but it was a, it was a ride that I learned a lot from. Um, one, one of the things that I think, that instilled it instilled in me was you know when we when I was working there I thought I, you know I could have life figured out and everybody else is stupid and I'm like I'm gonna be on a path to a lot of success and I not only worked there I had a couple side hustles going too that were extremely lucrative for me and I, I was doing really well um, but it was all related in the tech field or in the computer industry and you know when that when that bubble burst it was like wake up call you're not as smart as you think right um there is luck that plays into it but what are you going to do to mitigate mitigate that risk moving forward and so even if you fast forward to today and us being tribal scale and a very hyper growth company um that has over 180 people in two and a half years now um about to hit 200 soon we're almost hiring wow, like 20 we have 50 wow. open positions right now if anybody listening please apply um but yeah we uh you know i'm, I'm very cognizant of the fact that look i look around and i go we we're only as successful until as as our last deal. We're only as successful as our last service client. So what are you going to do to put the white gloves on and service the heck out of your customers and make them extremely happy to be with you? Mm-hmm. Um, or what are you going to do to keep hustling to make sure that you go and 
and, and talk about our gospel of uh, creating a new era of innovation and have people buy into what our mantra is. So um, the second, I always say, the second we lose our scrappiness, this place is going to implode. So yeah. I, yeah. I try to instill our scrappy, go-getter type attitude to everybody here. So that's a, that's a value that is instilled. It's instilled top, in me. Top down, bottom I, up. I think, you know, if you just have a ride where you go straight to the top. Yeah. Nobody's ever had that. I mean, even if you look at trust fund babies who get born with like yeah. the world is their oyster. Yeah. yeah. They got to hit rock bottom and realize yeah. mommy and daddy got them so far before they go and make it in this world. So I think, exactly. I think myself having a, a rock bottom moment, you know, not knowing what I was going to do with my career and, you know, even slipping into a depression or whatever it may be, um, created this create, created this motivation in me to say, I never want to go back to that place again. And yeah. so what are you going to do? You know, it is a bit of a roller coaster ride, but what are you going to do to ride those waves to, to make sure you keep going up? Can you talk about some of, uh, you know, those anecdotes from the rock bottom moment, both that I, I love talking about depression yeah. and, and some of the things that you did or didn't do that you sort of learned along those couple of years getting out of that mess? Yeah. Um, I, I distinctly remember there was a pinnacle moment where I was lying down on my sofa and I was at my, I was, I was at my parents' house and, um, they, they came, they, my, my dad actually came up to me and he was like, Hey, you know, you got to get up and get out of this couch. You got to go outside. Um, and it was like, you can't like we, I was like, I don't want to, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't know what the next job is. I don't know where I'm going to go in my career. And he's like, this is not you. You're a social person. You go out there and you make magic happen. Like you just got to go out and take anything. Nothing's beneath you. Like even if you just went and worked at bagging groceries, that's not beneath you. You'll figure it out. So, yeah. like, get up there and go do something. And that, that's a lesson. And that was a huge lesson for me where I got it up is. and said, hey, you know what? I got a network. I'm going to go and shave because I haven't shaved in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to step up. I don't want to be this guy who's on his parents' couch not doing anything. I'm actually going to go out there and, like, make and, and make a name for myself. I'm going to go find, find, find that craft. And through a couple conversations, through some mentors, it was, you know what? Hey, why don't you go into the copier industry? Cause you got a natural knack for sales. And I think you need to formalize a lot of the skills you got. And mm-hmm. Hey, they start you off really low in pay, but you know what? It's go do that for two years. And it's your MBA in sales. I remember distinctly being told it's your MBA in sales. Go last in that industry for two years. Um, only it's, it's the survival of the fittest. You'll learn a ton and watch what happens to your career. And I took it as gospel and I started working for Rico. And this is a story um, <laughs> that, you know, you guys have had that opportunity to hear before. Yeah. I go through this rigorous sales training program, super, super tough, um, beat a lot of bad habits out of me. Um, something I highly recommend, you know, for anybody out there in the industry, getting formal sales training is super important. Um, but it was a very in-depth program. I come out of there and they give me this patch and the patch is Yorkville. And they're like, hey, go out there and go sell in Yorkville. I'm like, Man, this I lucked out <laughs> at Yorkville, and they're like, actually, it's a it's, it's a down patch. Um, it, it's going to turn around one day, uh, but but we'll we'll move you into something more fruitful later. And I was yeah. like, what the heck kind of motivation speech is that? Yeah. And so I come out, <laughs> I I come out at Young and Bloor um, with one of my boys who we were like tag teaming together, and you know we come out and we're like, all right, let's go hit this. And I look up at the building, and the building in front of me says Xerox on the roof. Now i got to sell the competitors. Stuff, right? like, I'm like, oh, man, I'm in Xerox's, like, backyard here. Um, so nine out of ten people at that moment walk away and go, oh, they get extremely discouraged. And I was just like, 
no, I don't want to go back to that spot where I was before. Screw this. What's, what do I got to lose? Yeah. And so I went into the building, went up to the top hold and started cold calling in uh, Xerox's building. Wow. Yeah, and just uh, and started selling right away there. Unreal. So yeah. how did you get in there? Get in the building. Um, so there's no set. I mean, to, to Toronto's very different than like New York or whatever. Right? Yeah. You don't got to show ID to like go cold calling a building. I literally went in, yeah. hit the top button on the elevator, went up, doors open, go out. Knock on doors, start start going into small businesses and be like, hi, um, I'm here to talk to you about your printing needs. <laughs> <laughs> solutions, actually, we said. Um, everybody else sold printing. I sold solutions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it instilled a lot in you where you get told to F off 10 times a day. Yeah. Um, there's this real art to getting told to F off but winning that person over to become a client. Like yeah. think, of, think of the – the entire realm of what has to happen there. Um, so getting thick skin and, you know, hearing people telling you to get out of, get out of here. Didn't you see the sign? Not so no soliciting, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and then turning them around into an actual customer means you actually, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of steps you got to take to do that. But I think, you know, a big yeah. lesson for me was, you know, put all your fears, check all your fears at the door. What's the worst that's going to happen? And, you know, and then you go from there. Exactly. Well, that's exactly, that's a good segue because that's what I was going to bring up is, when you, you, you talked about that rock bottom moment, you talked yeah. about the, what do I have to lose moment? Do you think that that's somewhat innate in you and in some people, or do you think that that is a learned behavior? And if so, how do you learn that behavior? I don't think necessarily it's a learned behavior. Um, I think people have different de degrees up to it. If you take a look at us starting tribal scale, um, you know, I'm sitting, I, I, I say this story, I actually just said it last week, you, you know, picture, you come out of Union Station on a beautiful day like today, the sun is out, Toronto's buzzing, it's early in the morning, you walk into your high-rise Toronto office, you got beautiful views of the lake, you got beautiful views of the city, it's all glass, it's modern, it's open concept, breakfast is being served, you know, you look around... All your friends are working there. You've been acquired. You have this huge sense of accomplishment. You go sit down at your desk, and the only thing you can think about is, this is not for me. I'm miserable. How the hell do I get out of here? Um, and so you got options in a company that's going to IPO. You're making more money than you've ever made before. Um, you know, you should be happy. Everybody thinks, hey, you know what? This is like, this is what everybody strives to do. Right. But the level of risk that I take is like, I'm not happy internally. Like, this is not something I could do. Um, so not only did I quit my job, but I go and talk about my vision of what I, what turns into, what turned into me, tribal skill, right. to other people who are really, who are also at the top of their game in very similar situations with me, whether they were working at the company I was working at or with not, just people in my network I knew would, would be super successful with and say, hey, here's my crappy slide deck. That I say call it crappy now. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's my slide deck. Uh, what, you know, you guys, like, how do you quit? You guys need to quit your six-figure jobs. There's no certainty. I got no clients, but I think this will work. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to work. Um, give away those options and this path to IPO, which everybody, you know, which, which you're told is the dream for yeah. someone working in a startup it's, to have happen to you. Yeah, it's, it's glorified for sure. 
take no income for a year. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, I'm not going to be able to pay you anything because I don't got it. Oh, by the way, those life savings you have, you need to write a check to me too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so there's a level of like what my what what my founders did, right? Like yeah. that's a level of risk my founders did, and that's not for everybody, yeah. um, you know. But that's also the reason why we're scrappier, work harder, we work smarter than everybody else out there. We got everything to lose. I got my my life, my wife, my house. Everything will go down the crapper if this happens, and same with the other people around me. So, when you see us grinding or working hard, um, it's 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 that mantra that we actually bet it all on on this vision and and, and seeing through it. So, there's different levels of it. But yeah. having said that, I think every person, whether you just be someone, if you let me go back into my days of me being working in the logistics department Please. and kept Keating, right? Like, yeah. I, I was, let, let's face it, I was the bottom person on a list mm-hmm. somewhere in that office, right? The most expendable person at the time. What did I do to make myself valuable? You know, I networked. I would talk to the CEO and bother the CEO and the president and the vice president all the time. They all knew who I was. I wanted to learn. I was going out there. The fear of me being rejected by them was out the window because I was like, hey, you know what? What's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to know my name. So now all of a sudden they know the guy on the shipping dock's name. And you're never just that guy on the shipping dock. You're never just that girl on the shipping dock, right? Like you got to go out there and put your fears aside to actually say, what am I going to do to actually make a mark for what I believe in? Because I'm at this job for a reason. At the time, I think I was making like seven bucks an hour pops. (laughs) Um, But like... They, they paid me seven bucks an hour because there was a job that needed to be done. So, yeah, right. and, and you did it well. But what other value could I add to the organization? If you get rid of your fear, that, 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 that's where you got to go. Do you think this is probably a subject that doesn't get talked about enough? Um, do you think that there was a ticking time bomb on you taking those risks earlier on? Like, I think a lot of people, um, probably ourselves included, you know, reaching closer to 20 or 30 and stuff like that. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I, I think we're young, but you start to get yeah. scared and there's like a fire lit under your ass. So what made you do that right out of high school, you know, and are, do you still have, you know, the time and what it takes to do it at 30, at 40, at 50? Good question. Um, I think the fire I have now is much stronger than mm. when I was in my twenties, right? When I was in my teens, I was in my teens when I worked at Keating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my fire is a lot, but that's only through experience. That's for me fucking up, right? Like right, that's for me right. really, my biggest fuck ups are the chances and risks I didn't take in my twenties. Mm-hmm. I, when I talk to people in their twenties, I'm like, go fuck up as much yeah. as you can yeah. go yeah. out there and screw up. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Um, like it doesn't matter. You're going to learn from it. You're going to get better, yeah. but equip yourself to be able to make decisions. Now I screwed up a lot in my twenties and one of the, one of the risks I say that I didn't do enough of was actually go bet on myself more. I, I think if I bet on myself the way I did in my 30s, in my 20s, I could have been a completely, I would have, would have been on. Going all in on you. Going yeah. all in on me mm-hmm. or even going all in on, I'm not chasing a title and I'm not chasing dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go fucking learn. Yeah. I'm like, I look at myself spending that time in the copier industry. I, I was paid 24 grand a year, like nothing. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't be in the position I am now. That was literally mm-hmm. when, when I got told that's your M- MBA in sales. That was literally myself investing in my future. Now, people go to school for four years and they're like, that's, that's a fucking safe bet. And you know what? You should go do that. Yeah. But what are you going to do when you come out of school? And then all of a sudden you're risk adverse. Like, wait a second. You just spent a hundred thousand dollars on going to school for four years. <laughs> 
But now you're not willing to take risks and actually go learn from someone. Now you're going to go chase a title or you're going to go chase a paycheck. The people I know who were making 65 grand when they came right out of school and I was making 20 something are the people I know that are making like 85 grand in a senior manager title and live in like some suburb of Toronto and jump on the go train and go back and forth and do that every day. And there's nothing fucking wrong with that if that's what you want your life to be. That was never for me. Right. That wasn't for me. For me, I looked at every experience like how could I go invest in myself? If I'm going to learn a lot from this, it's going to get me ready for the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a good point because even a lot of people that I went to school with friends, uh, whether it was I went to school with them directly or they went to another school. It's almost like that period and that moment after their formal education ended was the moment that they stopped taking risks like that and where they and yeah. where they felt that they were just well, that goes entitled back to the ticking time to bomb too, yeah. right? Where they like, oh, university's over, college is over. Now, like, now I'm going to take a senior yeah, position yeah. at one of these consulting companies, and I think it's senior because they put. They the title <laughs> senior in my name, but I'm literally just a lackey for some other big shot who makes yeah. me work 14 hours a day. Yeah. And am I really learning anything? Yeah. Um, you know, I think you got to put yourself in areas and positions that actually make you uncomfortable. So you keep learning yes. the second you're comfortable in a job. And I mean, it's not for everyone. So I got to preface this. There is a type of person and there's nothing wrong with being that type of person of going and saying, I'm comfortable. I do what I do really well. And I go home and I clock in and I go to my family and that's what I do. Um, but you can't put the word hustle beside your name when you do that. Let's be fucking honest. Yeah, yeah. Don't say, oh, I'm a hustler because I work. I get to work at nine and I leave by four. And yeah. and, and what, you, that's not hustle. You, you do what you do really well and then there's something for it. If you want to hustle and you really want to make it and, and, and take all the risks and advantages – that come with that, then you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta have a different mentality. Mm-hmm. There's also like 100%. a big bash. There's also like a big bash backlash, right? That people go, Oh, well, the CEO is making so much. Here, let's be, let me be very clear here. Iron reinvested every dollar that we made. We, we made tribal scale with two pennies yeah. run together. <laughs> so I, everything you see here, we reinvest all the time. Right. But you know what? There is going to be a day I'm going to have a great payout. Yeah. Yeah. And. You see CEOs get backlash for this all the time. It's like, well, you know what? That motherfucker put themselves in that position to go crush it. I spent, I say this all the time. I spent, I started this company when I was 36 years old. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you go back two years ago, um, it took me 36 years of my life to put myself in a position to go and do this. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's it's not fair for someone to walk in off the street and just feel that that success happens overnight. Yeah. So there's there's fear of having success, and then there's 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 expectations that people have that are just so unrealistic that make no sense. Yeah. Right? If so, Christian if Christian remembered the camera, you'd see my face just boiling because I <laughs> agree with you so much. <laughs> I mean, it happens. Biggest up. fuck up of the day. <laughs> oh my god! I thought those batteries were charged. <laughs> Damn it! No, but it happened. It happens every day. It happens every yeah. day where I'll, I'll sit someone down and say, you know what? Like your level of expectation of what you want in life is. It's, it's kind of disjointed. You haven't understood the sacrifice it takes for the someone to get to where they are. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. there's, and I don't want to knock on millennials because it's more than just millennials, but there's, there's a, there is a generation out there that, that, that feels that, hey, you know, I watch the social network, so this is the way this, my story should go. <laughs> exactly. and you ain't suck, so fuck off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Biggest uh, disservice to the whole tech industry. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not 
big on quotes, but there are a few that kind of come to mind, and it's that one quote of, you know, the funny thing about um, overnight success is that it took a whole fucking lifetime. Yeah, to, to get there. To get there. I saw a tweet this and weekend. It's so that was, true. I saw a tweet this weekend that was amazing. Hey, everyone. My daughter's out of school for the summer. She's looking for a job as a CEO. All right, Art of the Fail fans, we're back. Season two. We have, oh, no. We met with Sheetal Jaitley, uh, the founder and CEO of Tribal Scale, and the conversation was real and raw, uh, just like we like it. Yeah, that sounds really uh, sexual. <laughs> 